0: Hello and welcome to In the Vein, a podcast by students at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. We tell stories, talk about things that matter, and build community. Today, we have two fourth-year students speaking about their experiences as students of color. The purpose or the goal of today is to honor, reflect over, and reminisce about the unique struggles and values that informed their stories up until med school and how they evolved over medical school. I would like to point out that uh, we will not be able to capture all the different voices that we'd like to, but hopefully we
1: can do that in the future.
0: So please introduce yourselves, Ali Ali, and Wesley.
1: Yeah, um, my name is Wesley Tran. Um, I am a current fourth year here at the University of Colorado, as Navi had mentioned. Um, I'll be going to general surgery at the University of Texas Southwestern this upcoming year. Awesome. And uh, my name is Ali Hakimi. Um, I'm also a fourth-year medical student. I'm
2: going into vascular surgery at Penn State Hershey. Wow.
0: I really appreciate your guys' time here. So we can jump onto the first question that I had in mind. So what does becoming a physician mean to you, your parents, family, and community? Any one of those domains you can answer
1: yeah i could I could start us off um you know I think one domain I would like to hit on is specifically for my family. They grew up in Vietnam and they uh had this life in Vietnam all throughout their life and um they came to America in the eighties okay. and uh having immigrated here and escaping the war and economic hardship um, oh, wow. um within their home country, so coming here, they had big dreams for us mm-hmm. uh, as many um immigrant families do right and mm-hmm. so for me to become a doctor, I think it represented sort of success in their sacrifices and right. everything that I put into trying to um, raise us and build this life for us. But with a little bit of caveat that they didn't necessarily didn't necessarily find define success as being a doctor or making a lot of money. They just wanted right. us to find a job that we were happy with and it just so happened for me that it was to be a doctor and um, obviously they're very proud. They joke that they want us to just already have a job and not to be in training for so long. <laughs> yeah. um, but essentially, for my family, it represents um, the sacrifice that they made has really paid off. Um, so I,
0: I can really empathize with that as well. And what about you, Ali? Yeah,
2: so uh, my family is originally from Iran. and I was born there and moved here when I was pretty young, maybe a couple months old. And, you know, I think the one thing that I didn't really consider until much later on in life was the cultural significance of being a physician in, you know, some of our cultures. Like, I know for me, I overhear my mom, you know, talking to her her relatives back home and her brothers and sisters and just mentioning, like, how, you know, I'm in school about to finish and my younger sister's about to start medical school here. And um, they're also, everyone back home is so excited by that. And they think it's, you know, such a great accomplishment. And I think, you know, growing up here, I was just, you know, trying to do the things that I was interested in that I wanted to pursue. and. Um, you really appreciate that how, you know, from a cultural standpoint for them, it was such a like a big deal to like go into medicine and to get into medicine. So I think, you know, it's the small little details like that that you don't really think about, but um, definitely play a role in the family and the community elsewhere. So.
0: Wow. Yeah, I, I do sense uh, the similarity of family struggles, but also a community, a village basically mm-hmm. that has supported and uh, envisioned a successful future for you. Mm-hmm. So... When you got into medical school and as you went through it, what support systems did you rely on? Yeah, I can take this one over to
2: I think for me, there were a couple different systems. So, you know, I was fortunate. I kind of grew up in Colorado, so I'd been here already. I had a lot of friends that I made in undergrad mm-hmm. who kind of came with me. Um, I was also lucky because I knew a lot of students already here. A couple of my friends had already kind of laughed me and they already made it into medical school and were a couple years ahead of me. So I was able to. Really lean on them, ask them a bunch of questions, mm. and get good resources from them. Um, and then for me, other than my friends, it was my family who would always be there, you know, making meals and yeah. um, come by to check in on me and stuff like that. So I think you know, friends and family are always like the two
1: easiest stables, but you can never, never live without them,
0: you know. Yeah,
1: agreed. Yeah, just just like Ali, I also grew up in Colorado and had friends and family throughout my life that I would consider a huge support system. Um, specifically, my undergraduate friends. My master's school friends, and then obviously getting through medical school, and then also having peers that were uh, ahead of me, being able to give me um, advice, guidance, encouragement, um, and then also would like to mention about the, the important mentors that we have in our life, mm-hmm. specifically yeah. the ones that we find throughout medical school. And for me personally, I. Um, I had this experience this personal health experience and growing up i had these a lot of surgeons and mm. doctors who uh really impacted me and they continue to stay in contact with me
0: oh, wow.
1: um, specifically one surgeon from the children's hospital um, she has been the biggest role model and mentor for me throughout this whole process and um and i don't think i could have made it without her and uh the support of my family and my friends as well oh. yeah, yeah, yeah i think back on one idea additionally on top
2: of that you mm-hmm. know at CU, we're lucky. I feel like we have a really large kind of class. of yes. students, with like 184 mm-hmm. people. And I think one thing I didn't really appreciate is how having that many people means mm-hmm. that you just have a lot of opportunities to be surrounded by people yeah. who have different skill sets and different experiences that can really positively impact you. And I think, you know, for me, I've always tried to surround myself by people who I feel like are better than me in something, hopefully yeah. a lot of things. And so I definitely feel like that's something that I've been able to take advantage of here is everyone that I spend time with. For example, Wes, yeah. you know, people that are just way better than me in all those different categories of things and so yeah I think that's one of the best part of the support systems here is that you can have
1: a bunch of people look up to you. Oh you're too kind I, I, I look up to you so I don't know uh, I, I feel humbled that you feel they even would think that So thank We grew together that's the, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the beauty of the experience And True.
0: I look up to both of you So, it's full <laughs> Thanks, so speaking of the fact that it's a, such a large class, building your own community of friends uh, can be challenging and finding your own set of people how was that experience for you
2: yeah i think
0: you know for me i would
2: say it was actually pretty hard at first i definitely mm-hmm. you know when i talk to people i always say i am not a fan of huge groups yeah i'm yeah. socializing i'm very much like a small group kind of like three mm-hmm. to four kind of people yeah. kind of person so i think for me it was definitely challenging at first to find a group that i was like comfortable with mm-hmm. and i could really um get along with and it just kind of starts day by day you go to lecture yeah. or you know whatever it is now if you're on zoom or you yeah. know, small group sessions and of spend time with the same people you see who kind of talks the way that you kind of vibe with and um who has the you know similar interests as you mm-hmm. and so over time you kind of you build interest in that regard but also through kind of the shared struggle of medicine and yeah. the shared struggle of the, the study grind and so i think you know over time the other thing too is you your groups definitely change so like the people that i was mm-hmm. like best friends with my first and second year you know was, i'm still really good with good friends with them mm-hmm. but that group changed when I went to clinical year, versus like mm-hmm. when I went on and did sub eyes and even now I'm moving on to like residency and stuff. You know, the groups evolve, but I think it's nice because you you get more opportunities to meet everyone, and then mm-hmm. you get different small group interactions, and so you
1: build a whole bunch of different networks of people. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, just, I agree. Cool. For, yeah, hundred percent agree with Ollie. Um, these uh, these experiences that medical school kind of put us through, whether it is through clerkships or these yeah. small groups, um, it really kind of pushes us to to interact with people because, I mean, like Ali, it's it's hard for me to sometimes um, feel comfortable in a big group and mm-hmm. having these small groups and sort of being put in these situations where we have to interact with some of our peers, um, you know, it really just, as Ali said, really makes it so that we figure out wh- who we vibe with, who we maybe don't click with as well, um, mm-hmm. but either way, we still learn, learn from someone and we still like yeah. find some connections with everyone, um, and then one other thing I would like to add is um, this, idea of being able to uh, advocate for yourself and put yourself out there and something that you get comfortable with as you get through your medical training and, you know, whether that's reaching out to a mentor, whether that's speaking up and trying to get yourself more involved with certain procedures Mm -hmm. or things in the clinic and building relationships through that way. Um, So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what, what, um, what we think about when we're trying to build these connections throughout medical school.
0: Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I think the school does a pretty good job of uh, having us interact with a variety of students, Mm -hmm. whether that's for small groups, we do docs, clinical skills, and then health sciences, public Mm -hmm. health stuff. And uh, I've built great relationships through those as well as just uh, through classmates outside Mm -hmm. of those groups. So I appreciate the school's attempt to have us interact with as many different number of people as possible. Mm -hmm. I also wonder, this is coming from personal experience, if there, if you ever felt like there was something missing in terms of cultural similarities, and if you found that uh, you weren't able to culturally resonate with uh, people. Ooh. That's
2: a good question. You know, I think it's it's hard because when you're with a, such a large group of people, mm-hmm. you know, it's impossible to find the cultural fit everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So in that sense, sure, you could easily say, oh, it's not a cultural fit all the time. But I think, you know, I kind of viewed it as more of like, you know, I'm, I met a bunch of different people who have some things in common, mm-hmm. like maybe not everything was aligned, but um, people who have some shared values or some like similarities. For example, I know like I'm probably like one of the three like Persian kids in our class but Mm. there's a whole bunch of other um, people from like Middle Eastern cultures and so I always found it very easy to kind of like you know go up and chat with people just out of the blue and um, even though the things that I do and um, believe in are different uh, Mm. it's always very easy to like start conversations with people and um, yeah I don't know I never really felt like it was lacking in any way I think Mm, one thing (laughs) the, the advantage of having such a large class is that you can definitely have more opportunities to have cultural melding
1: Right. cultural multi if you will yes yeah definitely um and you know i feel like at least from my experiences i i um, feel like i found a group that just we all happened to be um asian american mm-hmm. and it was a, a core group that i hang out with and studied a lot and so from that standpoint i felt like i didn't have any i, I didn't miss out on any sort of um uh shared cultural experiences because mm-hmm. um we again i was lucky enough to have very identi- like very similar Identities and experiences and um and upbringings as yeah. um my group of friends here at the medical school um uh, but taking a little i guess a little bit further thinking about my experiences um within the hospital or mm-hmm. during my rotations um yeah I'll, there were times where um I felt like um you know I didn't really see a lot of people who what i who I would say were like me in in the cultural sense right um throughout the hospital, whether mm-hmm. they were attendings or residents um one thing that really just stuck out to me was I remember hearing you no know, like learning the fact that our chair of surgery was an asian American, mm. and I was just so flabbergasted and so yeah. excited about that at the same time so um seeing representation sometimes in these big leadership positions is obviously very um motivating um but there are obviously areas where uh you know, having that diversity is lacking. Yeah. Um, but you know, you just roll with the punches and you try to gain experiences as much as you can. And obviously, um, the field the field of medicine is trying to to improve that diversity. Mm-hmm. And you know, hopefully, with time, we continue to see more people of color within fields of um, of leadership and and within medicine as well. So.
0: Yeah, I agree, and uh, just to go back to what uh, Ali said. I think. Everyone that I've talked to in my class has felt that uh, there isn't any one person that they feel a complete sense of uh, fraternity with mm-hmm. but or solidarity with. But uh, e- if you get a mix of people, I think everyone uh, feels that way
1: as well, both uh,
0: students of color as well as white students as well. You
1: know. Do you feel like the, the COVID pandemic affected your class's ability to connect in any way?
0: Fortunately, we are out of that phase, and uh, we don't have Zoom classes, so we've been in class in person for the entire year, and hopefully it uh, continues to be that way. Going into, thank you for leading us into the hospital experience, Wesley, so what moments, if any, were there in which uh, patient interactions were, they stuck with you for a long time?
1: Um, I guess I could I could start us off. I uh, I wouldn't say there was any one particular patient interaction for me. I and I'm I'm gonna share this through the lens of someone who um, was a patient myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, just for a bit of background, in the second year of medical school, I had a lot of um, I had a health issue. ended up in uh, just just to be I guess as transparent as I can. I you know, had a GI hemorrhage. Ended up in the ICU. Um, you know, end I'm up sorry. having an ask. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I'm I'm fully healthy now. But uh, you know, having continuing. having these health issues and then yeah. being a patient on that side as a medical student was a very um, eye opening experience because um, you know when you're a student on the wards and you're running around all day mm-hmm. and you're just focused on you you know unfortunately sometimes it feels like you're not as focused on the patients as as you should be. You're just right. so focused on doing your job, like doing those notes and getting the best evaluation mm-hmm. that you can from yeah. your Attendings and residents, yeah. and then you sometimes forget that these patients have their own livelihoods. Yeah, yeah. and then, um, and then when I was on that position, I realized, man, I should have been thinking more about the patients mm-hmm. and not just being so focused on myself as a, as a, as a um, medical student. And it was just a very surreal moment and um, a very humbling moment, and it made yeah. me realize uh, I should really take a step back and evaluate right. my, um, my, you know, my privilege in that position to have been healthy and to be able to take care of these patients. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was that one experience that I, I had. So hopefully that answers your question. It does. Thank yeah. you for sharing as yeah. well.
0: And that's something that I've been reflecting over as well in the past few weeks or months as we go into LICs next year is I come from a public health background. Mm-hmm. And so we've had discussions of patient-centered care numerous times in my classes and other activities. And uh, the idea idea that it wasn't being practiced in medicine seemed a little alienated to me. I thought it was quite an obvious thing to do. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm in medical school and uh, having to check off all of these points in terms of encounters and HPIs and what I have to collect, I think it can be very, very difficult to remember remember the big pictures Mm -hmm. and reflect on the whole person themselves.
2: Well, I think one thing, too, is, like, you know, we're so excited to be here to finally be, like, mm-hmm. learning medicine and get to practice being doctors, and I think a lot of times I was surprised by how disheartening the whole experience yeah. is. I remember, <laughs> like, when we first started our clinical year, we were in the medicine wards, and I was so excited because I was like, finally, we're going to get to see some sick people and yep. like, learn to treat some illnesses, <laughs> yeah. and I was just kind of, like, flabbergasted the first day on medicine because... You know, you and your team, your gaggle of twenty people, walk into a room where a is, you know, in a gown in a hospital bed, and it's mm-hmm. like a dark, gloomy room, and they're not very happy because they're oh sick. My
0: gosh, yeah.
2: And you know, you go, you you do your like two minute spiel, and then you all leave. And yeah. then as you're walking down the hallways, you see the next team walking up with their gaggle of people, all oh, treating a different gosh. illness. And so yeah. I just remember that first day, I was like, "Wow, this is a zoo! Like we just walk mm-hmm. in and walk out." And I I was very like unsettled by that. I didn't really yeah. know like about that, but it's. Yeah. You know, I think it's tough because part of the job is you know we have to treat a bunch of different people. Yeah, medicine yeah. is so complex that there's no way like one person could do it all. So you need yeah. all these different specialties. So it's it's weird because it's hard to find that balance of like how do you still provide humanistic care, empathetic care, without you know making it like formulaic, mm-hmm. and, uh, like a factory basically. Yeah, right, yeah. But I will say you know I think you asked about like patient experiences and a couple that I can think of which would be good for you going into your LAC year. I think the the LAC experience in general for me was like one of the best parts of medical school, uh-huh. um, because it, it was really what allowed me to build a lot of deep relationships with patients, and yeah. that kind of like reminded me why I got into this game. You know, yeah. yeah. I remember one patient that I followed. Um, she was this lady, one of the very few Persian speaking ladies uh-huh. who's uh, around, and wow. I would go to all of her appointments and just check up on her. And I remember one day I walked in, and she was, like, busy with the MA trying to get the interpreter on the phone. Yeah. And then she saw me walk in the room, and she was like, no, 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 I don't want the interpreter. I want him. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And I was like, yes, finally. Yeah. Amazing. you <laughs> feel like, I'm useful. <laughs> I can be oh. useful for something. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, I think, you know, even though there are those moments of, like, disheartenment and, like, wow, what are we doing? And, like, the futility of all this, they're also you know, those really kind of like heartwarming moments of like what we're doing actually matters and okay. you know, we can make a small difference every now and then. Definitely.
0: And they can be powerful enough to yeah. make you forget the other struggles. Yes. Yeah, as well.
2: You know, I don't think you forget them. I think it's hard because I personally feel like you always remember the hard stuff, uh-huh. and like the, the bad stuff the most. Yeah, But I think, you know, I've talked to other students about this is, you know you just gotta remember the few good things cuz they don't come mm. around very often but you got to <laughs> remind yourself of like the little victories that you do get right right um so they don't get drowned out by the the other stuff yeah, for sure.
0: Sure. wow i'm curious how you were able to deal with the the, the fact that you thought it was like a herd like yeah. community at first
2: yeah you know i think it's it's hard because that part you can't really like work around it there's no like uh. Way of drastically changing the system to make it not be like that. Um, I think what really upset me about that experience was, was just how it felt disconnected from the patient care. you yeah. walk in with a group of ten people, and you know maybe one person would talk to the patient, and we'd all just be staring at them. What is you doing? And I really did not like that. Yeah. And the way that I personally tried to combat that was um, either by staying late. I think as a medical student, you have the luxury of time, so you can mm-hmm. always like stay in the room after everyone has left. Yeah. And you can you know ask the patient like, hey, is there any Anything you want to talk about, any clarifying questions, Mm -hmm. Um, you can also just, like, you have the extra time to, like, connect with them on a human level. Um, The other thing that I did as well, I would come back, like, in the afternoons every now and then and just kind of, like, check in one-on-one with the patient. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, like, I know we're a very intimidating herd of people. Like, it's just me right now. Like, let's just talk, like, you and me. Like, what's going on? What can I do for you? So I think, you know, you have to accept the parts that are not great and the way that you deal with them is by finding time throughout the day Mm -hmm. to still bring that humanity on a
0: one-on-one level. Oh, that's amazing to hear. Yeah, thank you, Wesley. Do you? Have- oh no, please. Yeah, okay, okay. that's all you need. Yes. Okay, I also wanted to ask, and we've discussed this a little bit, a little bit already. What's been the biggest cultural shock for you as a med student? Mm-hmm.
1: Cultural shock as a med student,
0: compared to undergrad, and I'm guessing for you, in graduate mm-hmm. school as yes. well. yeah. It's a tough question. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough question. You know, I can give you an answer, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be a great answer. It's, no, no, it's any
2: gonna be rubber your shoulders <laughs> the wrong way. But you know, I've been saying this since when we were first years. I think that medical students are some of the biggest complainers I've ever oh, okay. met in my entire life. Okay. And that was the most surprising thing to me because when I got in, I was like so excited, I was like, finally I made it to medical school, like I've been yeah. working so hard for this, I worked like three years just to get here. And then people were just like complaining all the time about stuff that was like, yeah, like it's okay, fine. But like, you signed up to be a doctor. Like, I don't know what you thought this job was going to entail. I don't know what you realized. But I don't know. I think that really like <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way the first few years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was probably the biggest culture shock. But interesting. I, don't know, I think it's probably part of the way that we like cope with the stress of everything and yeah. like the yeah. like, huge burden of different tasks that we're always being pulled in different directions with like admin tasks and this task and that task. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that was probably the biggest culture shock for me. It's
1: just like, See, how many people complain about like eating those
2: things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, okay, I get that, I get that.
1: Yeah, I I think for me, it was, uh, you know, prior to medical school, I think I just had this idea that when medical students, when you were a medical student, you were going to be um, in the hospital alongside your residents and attendings, and you were going to be doing exactly what they were doing. And, you know, maybe I think I just maybe hyped it up too much in my head and maybe had too high of expectations, but... You know you come into medical school and then you realize you don't know anything and you study for two years and doing didactics and mm. you go into the ward and you try to apply that and you still feel like you know nothing yeah. and the attendings and residents have what i would say has pretty low expectations of of you <laughs> um and so Good obviously to know. Good to know. yeah and i mean obviously it 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 opens opportunities for you to like to still learn as much as you can and mm-hmm. to mess up and to really learn from those experiences but um you know, sometimes you find yourself either just um, shadowing depending on the attending or the resident or just um, doing grunt work and not really yeah. doing the thing that you were hoping to do. But at the end of the day, you still learn a lot and mm-hmm. you still gain something out of it. And then you realize as you become more competent and you demonstrate your skills, mm-hmm. they give you more responsibilities. But, you know, that initial shock of, you know, I was shadowing when I was in uh, when I was an undergrad. And sometimes I felt like I was still shadowing as a med student. Right, right. Um, so that was a bit of a. I don't know if that is a culture shock, but I mean, it was just a a, a different expectation that I had.
0: Right. Yeah. The fact that it it's still going to take such a long time for you to be able to be confident with what you know.
1: Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. No,
0: yeah. I, I feel the same way as well. Moving toward living outside of medical school. So what kind of growth did you discover outside of medical school? Any new skills or talents?
1: I mean I think mine is mine mine is kind of boring actually I realized um um I I really gotten better at just um having what we I mean we say work life balance all the mm-hmm. time but in reality I I I heard this from um a surgical attending during a conference and she said that in medicine it's not really a work life balance because balance balance implies equal 50-50 between mm-hmm. work and life. And so there's this idea of this work life integration mm-hmm. and how you kind of fit your life into medicine and how medicine fits into your own life. Right. Um so for me, I, I feel like with many medical students where you're always um those first two years, three years we're just constantly studying. Yeah. And sometimes I, I was unfortunately one of those people who forgot about my my responsibilities outside of medicine mm-hmm. at one point. Um, especially around during those like step one step two um dedicated periods, yeah. and um through those experiences, so, though I realized this is not the way I wanted to live my life mm-hmm. and it's not a sustainable life because yeah. residency and attending lives are going to be a lot more difficult and challenging so mm-hmm. um this skill of being able to uh you know prioritize you know i think I've studied it enough, I can take this extra hour to right. go work out to go um to go on a hike, go hang out with my friends, mm-hmm. eat food with my friend, my family. Um and being better about that was a skill that I felt like I developed um nearing the end of my third and beginning of my fourth year. And wow. um I'm hoping to keep that mindset as I enter residency. Yeah. So um so that was where I felt like I was able to grow and, and attain this sort of um skill um during my time in medical school
0: really commendable oh, thank,
2: thank you, you. Yeah. yeah I think what's really hit the nail on the head I think it's really it's not a work-life balance it is a work-life integration
0: Right. because
2: yeah. I think part of the the field that we've chosen it's you know we really sacrifice our time now it's not our schedule is no longer really in our control mm-hmm. um, but I think what that means is you have to be flexible and adaptable to you know when your schedule offers you more time and more bursts for freedom and mm-hmm. um, creativity Um, you got to take those opportunities. For example, Mm -hmm. during fourth year, we were just talking about how, you know, we're relaxing and doing Mm -hmm. more travel and spending more time with family. And I think when you have time to do those things, you you have to take advantage of Mm -hmm. them. You have to be more deliberate, I think, than Mm -hmm. uh, at least more deliberate than I was before
0: medical school about these kinds of things. And so I think that's the key um, in that regard. And kind of towards uh, the end of your medical school career, what were your top priorities when choosing residency as well as location of residency?
2: That's a great question. I mean, for me, my priorities uh, was to get a job. (laughs) That's really all it came down to. Um, I think, you know, for me, just the process of getting to medical school was so challenging, and so that really kind of left me, I wouldn't say dropouts, but just like scared of not matching. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to do anything I can, and I'm going to apply to all the programs and do whatever I have to to go anywhere. Um, So that was my number one priority, is just finding a place. I didn't care where it was. Um, I think, you know, I can say that from a luxury of, you know, not necessarily having um, like people that I have to bring with me or anything like that. So um, that was a simplicity on my end. Mm-hmm. But I think other things that you wanna look for in any kind of program are just like the right fit from a people standpoint. You want to right. make sure you yeah. get along with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think depending on your specialty, you know, I always felt like I was chasing like the the disease processes that I was like interested in. And mm-hmm. so um, Maybe I was a bit more of a nerd than I needed to be, but I would like, look up like distributions of like where's the most vascular disease in the United States, oh, and where am I going okay. to find that? So, <laughs> wow, um,
0: that's probably not something that everyone needs to do, but that's one thing that I
1: was doing. It's, it's amazing. amazing!
0: Wow, yeah, i never thought of that strategy. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think I had a lot of the same, the same uh, sort of um, criteria that that Ali had. I and to kind of add on to his idea of, like, he said that he didn't really have anyone to consider as he was moving. Like, for me, I sort of did. I had my um my partner, Mary. She and I both grew up in Colorado. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, one of the things that, or a, a reoccurring conversation that we had involved um, location. Right. Yeah. Um, and for me to go down to Texas mm-hmm. um, when I did my away rotation, I absolutely loved my time there. I felt just so supported. Oh, the program amazing. offered very many opportunities to for fellowship and just a lot of autonomy for the residents. I just absolutely enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one, you know, I say downside in quote was uh, the fact that it was in Texas because, and I say that because um, uh, my girlfriend being a social worker, um, she felt like the politics um, specifically around, um, you know, women's health and reproductive health Uh, really impacted her job because right. she works in child welfare oh, and yeah. um she kind of has to have these conversations sometimes with the clients that she works with. Yeah. And so it kind of put her in a tough position. Um, ultimately um, we still ended up ranking at one because she um, decided that, you know, what was most important for us was that I was in a program yeah. that I felt um, supported and I would get the best training. Um, so it was a big conversation and I'm yeah. not Changing the fact that we've been down there. But it was just something big that we considered, in addition to a lot of the other um, things that Ali had mentioned, such as, you know, you're the right fit, mm-hmm. the types of cases that you're going to see, um, all those things. Okay. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Uh, n- another sacrifice from someone that you love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's amazing. What is uh, uh, one thing you wish you knew before you started or before you went into medical school? The question always asked <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah you think you'd have
2: better answers <laughs> more readily available answers. I don't know I think I have to circle back to what I was saying earlier is it's not it's not something that I necessarily like needed someone to tell me because mm-hmm. it's not something that you appreciate until you actually do it, but your time is no longer your own mm-hmm. so you don't have the you don't always have the freedom or the flexibility to do all the yeah. things that you want, and I think you know before med school coming in, I was like, "Yeah, I'm totally that's fine with me. Like, I'm I'm just excited to be a doctor and yeah, do all that yeah. stuff." Um, but until you're like in it and you realize how quickly you just get pulled in so many different directions, yeah. um, you don't really appreciate what that means. And so I think um, it's not necessarily something that I wish someone had told me, but I think. For me, I took I in total end up taking three years uh, from undergrad until starting med school. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I'm actually really glad that I had all that time.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. If anything, I'm trying to encourage more people to do that now. <laughs> um. At least with my younger sister, I'm trying to tell her like take time and yeah. You know, go do some stuff. Go mm-hmm. travel. Go. Um. Get some different life experiences because once you start this process, like you're in it. Yeah. And you're committed, and you're yeah. you know it's a very intense kind of pathway. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think
1: that's probably the only thing that I would. Maybe do
0: differently.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would say for me, I think, um, yeah, you know, I think this is gonna be a, a cliche answer. I'm sure people have heard it many times, mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. your your grades and score don't matter as much as you think it does. I mean, I don't want to, I guess, diminish it. Like you obviously stuff the pass and and do your best, but um, you know if there's a will, there's a way. If there's a will, there's a way, mm-hmm. and you're gonna find um a way, whether that's getting building connections, um, improving on other aspects of your mm-hmm. application to match into residency, whatever it may be, um, you're you're able to do it. And so it's easy for us when we're, you know, studying for school exams, you know, or USMLE, on a rotation where we didn't get a get an, a good evaluation, you just get sort of tunnel visioned and you think, oh man, my life is over, I can't be a surgeon or a dermatologist yeah, or yeah. you know, whatever whatever specialty that you're hoping to get into. Yeah. Um, and so I say this not to say, oh, you know, you can just, you know, don't worry about grades. It's going to be fine. I just say this more to remind you that it is okay to not, to, to focus on other things than just mm-hmm. taking that extra hour to study. It is okay to sleep in a little bit. Right. Because of those extra few minutes, those extra few hours that you take for yourself can really make the difference. And so, um, you know, letting yourself know that you're, you are not defined by mm-hmm. these numbers or, you know, subjective evaluations, um, I think will take you a long way and help keep you grounded in a field that sometimes feels like it's doing everything it can to um, to push you out. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I would say. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I think to kind of piggyback and add one more thing to that is – Uh, say yes as much as possible. Yeah, okay. Because you'll have a lot of opportunities and a lot of different, you know, projects might come up, groups to join, activities to do. Say yes as much as you possibly can. It adds a lot to your play, Uh but it's all, like, it all adds to the fulfillment of the experience. Uh Um, Both the stuff in medical school and also the stuff outside of medical school. People Mm will sometimes hit you up and be like, hey, you want to go to a Nuggets game randomly? Like, just yes. Say (laughs) yes as many times as you possibly can.
1: I'm (laughs) centigrade.
0: Wow. It helps in the fulfillment of the whole journey. Well, that's mm-hmm. very well said. Uh, there's one question that came in to us, and I'd like to ask it. it Maybe a little controversial, but I think it needs asking. Medical education system is, as we know, rife with systemic discrimination and mistreatment of minority students, including overrepresented ones. And uh, our school may have uh, some lack of diversity, and it would be. Interesting to hear what you all think about that. Have you experienced any of these discriminations or mistreatments, or seen or observed anyone else
1: experiencing that? Um, you know, for me, I've I've heard of stories from other classmates. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, this is obviously word of mouth, so I can't really share their experiences. But I guess from what I've I've seen or what I've experienced, you know, some, I I personally haven't felt like I had sort of any discrimination from um, anyone that worked within the school, whether mm-hmm. it's a faculty or an attending. Um, granted, that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've had experiences with patients, though, where um, certain, um, you know, non-PC uh, d- ways of talking towards me or identifying me. Um, was, you know, there at times would make me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, but in those moments, I was, I, I had the opportunity to share it with some of the residents or attendings on my team. And from my, from my personal experience, they've been very supportive. They mm. would always ask me how I would like to approach it. And if I would ever felt like I needed extra support, they would be mm. willing to either talk to the patient um, or find ways to, to help me. Um, but, you know, this is just my... One experience from mm-hmm. one medical student. So I'm sure other other people have had, you know, all sorts of experiences from not being supported at all to feeling fully supported like I was. So I'm sure it just is very different.
2: Yeah.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think of all the different experiences I've had. I don't think, you know, I haven't experienced any like personal discrimination uh, from faculty or patients. Um, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> Ironically, you know, I I had an experience uh, at a different institution, um, but I think really I'm trying to think about the experience that I've had here, really nothing personally. I have noticed a couple times um, where, you know, I'll be with a team and I'll walk into a room with an attending or Mm -hmm. a resident um and i have noticed that the patients will sometimes look at me as if i'm the mm-hmm. like main provider okay, when okay. the attending is a female provider oh. and i think that's one of the situations that i've had happen a couple times and you know i'm still trying to like learn what the best yeah. way to deal with that is mm-hmm. my instinct is always just to say no 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 they're the one in the charge yeah. they're the yeah. one who actually knows everything mm-hmm. i am here to learn from them so yeah. um yeah i you know i couldn't say that the the school has done anything or any of the faculty here um, have treated me poorly in any way like that. So, but again, you know, I'm just end of one here. So mm-hmm.
0: I want to share my experiences. No, no, thank you for sharing. And as we said in the beginning, we do, we are going to lack a lot of pers- different perspectives as well. And uh, so hopefully in the future we can add and capture those. Mm-hmm. So my last question will be, we'll end up on a happy note. <laughs> what are you most looking forward to in the next few months before you start residency?
1: Uh, yeah I guess what I look forward to bef- before I start residency um it's just having the time to um do the things that I've, i that I want whether that 's continuing to maintain my um physical and mental health mm-hmm. um continuing to spend time with my friends and family and um, being very purposeful about what mm-hmm. we do in the the times that we have together um so I think those for me that 's what i'm i 'm most looking forward to this this sort of um, a downtime between the end of med school and mm-hmm. the start of residency to be able to just unwind and and relax before before things really pick up.
0: Thank you. Yeah, yeah my
1: answer pretty pretty similar to what Spending okay. as much
2: time with the people that I love. Um, you know, going to uh, gatherings and mm-hmm. seeing my friends before I head out. Um, yeah, I you know the one kind of exciting thing for me is I'm super excited about shopping for things for my new oh, apartment. Oh, so. Yes, yes, <laughs> very true. Um, but yeah, just little things here and there. that's amazing. Yeah, okay, it's the little things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Well, I would like to thank you both, Ali and Wesley, for coming out. I know that you've started boot camp, which uh, may not be maybe very difficult, uh, especially at this time, of fourth year. But I appreciate you all supporting the podcast and supporting me in this. To all the listeners, thanks for joining us for this episode of In the Vein. We'd like to have more ideas on what episode we uh, we can do and so if you have any suggestions or know how we can make this a better experience please reach out to us at intheveinpodcast at gmail.com thanks for listening and we'll see you next time